Hello, and welcome back to A Bite Out of Bethel, where food is not just a way of gaining nourishment, but a way of sharing culture, memories, and love. Today's guest is Jessica Schroeder, a registered nurse in Bethel. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you. If I could ask, what is your ethnicity? Um, my ethnicity is, I always grew up uh, thinking it was uh, German and English, Irish and Scottish. And my grandmother would always say that she didn't want to disappoint us that we were more Scottish than Irish, which I don't know why that would have disappointed us. You know, obviously it's very cool. Scottish culture is very cool. Um, but according to 23andMe, she was wrong. So we have more Irish than Scottish. Um, so uh, I guess at this point, Irish, English, and not as much German as I think the family thought, relatively uh, smaller amount, um, some Spanish, Portuguese, some other interesting things. My husband was very surprised that his what he had always been told and what his genetics showed were two different things. So, um, but that being said, you know, they, they're coming so far along with um, DNA. That's one thing that I think has been very interesting to see. Science is progressing rapidly. So We do love science. And I think it's amazing <laughs> the fact that a lot of people, if you're not quite sure, can really trace back and look at the area, maybe go to the place, connect with your roots, find... Something yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, one of my coworkers here in Bethel, because Bethel is the center of the universe, um, <laughs> sit, been six months here and six months in Ireland, and she lives in County Mayo, and County Mayo is where my ancestors lived per 23andMe within the past 200 years. Wow. So um, to that be so exact, and we were sitting there talking about it, and she was like, oh, well, where? And I was like, County Mayo. She's like, that's where my house is and that's where my husband and I live and it's like oh my gosh really quick side note I love the fact that Bethel is so special and by special I mean I feel like it's a little bit of a Bermuda Triangle absolutely should not be here are here people connect from like opposite ends of the earth find themselves here yes and reconnect with somebody else who has like the exact same background as them randomly here as well I love that yes anyway <laughs> Please describe your family and the place that you grew up. So I grew up in Florida. I am from a Pasco County, which is in central Florida. It is the county north of Tampa, which most people know where Tampa is. I grew up in a pretty rural area, which it's not rural anymore. It's a, you know, a big suburb of Tampa now with multiple malls and all kinds of things. And I grew up with a we used to call it the road to nowhere, and now there's literally two shopping malls off of the same road, and you avoid it because of all the traffic, so it's ironic. You know, and when my husband and I came up here, you know, we lived about 20 minutes from a grocery store. We still, you know, we lived pretty rural. People don't think of Florida that way, but it absolutely is. You know, I grew up appreciating the, you know, we were by no means any kind of wealthy but we had each other and it sounds like a sad country song but we did we had each other we <laughs> we killed what we ate and uh dad cooked it on the barbecue and it was great <laughs> that's how you know what's going into your food i mean <laughs> absolutely it's it's as organic as you can get right from a uh, farm to table Literally. backyard to table yeah 
And what will the dish be that you'll be talking about today? So um, it's basically my version of uh, really cottage pie. Um, I grew up with uh, it being called shepherd's pie, but I do more of like a moose meat version of, so it's like moose meat cottage pie. That sounds so yummy. It's pretty yummy. I feel like um, another guest and I had been talking about shepherd's pie, actually, as another dish that she had recommended or wanted to try. So I love the fact that we're talking about it and bringing it up now. Everything always comes full circle. (laughs) Bethel, center of the universe. (laughs) So moving back to the cottage pie or the shepherd's pie, who taught you how to make this dish? Um, Well, my version is... um, I would definitely say I I taught me how to make <laughs> um, myself in uh, years of um, hodgepodge recipes. The inspiration a hundred percent comes from my best friend's mom, uh, my second mom, uh, Martha Bothell. That was my first experience with shepherd's pie. Um, I don't remember why I was staying at Teresa's house for. Must have been a couple days or so. I don't know. Just summer. Martha had left us like a, I don't know, probably 11 by 13 pan of shepherd's pie. And I had never had it before. And oh my God, two tween girls. We just lit, like, we just, I don't know. We ate shepherd's pie for like every hour. Like it was like, oh, are you hungry? Yes, we should eat some more shepherd's pie. Um, And she did a very um, like layered version you know ground beef and she did like a mixed vegetable with like a cream of chicken soup I think Martha I hope I'm not mixing up your mess recipe and then um mashed potatoes and cheese on top um my version is a um it's much more rich um, it's more like brown gravy, uh, red wine gravy, not even gravy. I guess I went uh, like a, almost a demi glaze and, um, cook it down, you know, the moose meat. I, you know, use it on a cast iron pan. My bottom layer is not, hers was more like layered. Mine's not layered. It's just one big and the cast iron pan. <laughs> it's just all together. And then I put mashed potatoes on top. I do, uh like a parmesan cheese crust with melted butter on top to crisp it up i think i mean i think it's pretty good i've heard it's pretty good yes (laughs) yes it is (laughs) good i'm glad growing up who prepared the food in your family there was definitely a shift of that my mom was the cook growing up till about the time probably she went back to school um, and got her insurance license. You know, she had to like study and she went to insurance school and all that. And so during that, I think there was like a shift where my dad and my um, non-bio uncle, him and my dad like started man cooking, experimenting together. Like it definitely was before the days of all of the cooking shows the centered around like men cooking outside you know they did it before it was cool you know all those barbecue war shows you know the smoker girl smoker wars I mean my dad would build smokers on wheels you know and literally a trailer and be able to pull up and have you know a smoker that could smoke 27 chickens and two whole hogs and like they could do a half a 
hog on the barbecue like a Hawaiian luau type thing like they oh my gosh they could they could cook and so that kind of shifted where cooking kind of moved outside and um dad was outside the chef and then Bob was a sous chef and uh mom did the side dishes a lot of love went into that food especially when you know my mom was the caretaker of the animals too so there's a family cycle that goes into that I don't know just I guess being on the porch seeing my mom out there and we call it like the menagerie with you know the different critters and she raised those animals and then my dad killed them and we butchered them as a family and then we cooked them and we ate them and there's something um there's a connection to your food that that I think a lot of people miss which I'm not up here I guess though um they don't do the raising part but they definitely I mean hunting I think connects you to your food more than uh, obviously shopping at Walmart does. Um, so maybe that's some of the connection that uh, my husband and I felt up here. Um, well, not him. He was actually a city boy raised by a city boy. But uh, <laughs> I felt up here that we, you know, just uh, were attracted to the lifestyle that we've been able to find that similarity in home. I think that's beautiful. I love the fact that you, well, first of all, that your dad was able to create and have such creativity to build an outdoor kitchen. Like boys barbecuing in the backyard turned into yeah. like an outdoor restaurant. Oh, yeah. And that you all had a hand in it. I think that really is such a bonding experience that a lot of people don't necessarily get to have. So I think that's amazing. What foods? I know you went into it a little bit with your dad cooking the meat and the collard greens and things. And that you said there was a shift in the household cooking. But as you were raised, what foods were primarily cooked for you or made for you or you had a hand in? pork <laughs> because we raised hogs <laughs> i always remember that we had to have a green vegetable and we had to have you know a piece of bread and butter and then we had a green vegetable and whatever other colored vegetable and then a meat uh, we sat at the table every night and we all ate together every night and i know one night my mom put a piece of broccoli in my dad's ear to break up the monotony because why wouldn't you do that <laughs> I more remember specific foods my grandmother made more than my mom. I, um, my Nana was not about the food groups because salmon patties and, and, and fried cornbread do not fit in any <laughs> food group, nor should they. I definitely grew up eating those for sure. And uh, grits is a big thing. We were a big grits family. I don't know. We're from the South, obviously. We ate a lot of grits. Which grits, um, grits. do not, are not served sweet ever. They should be. They should not be because <laughs> those aren't aren't grits at all. Those are, I don't even know what those are. Why would you have a savory breakfast item when you could have a sweet one? Um, because if you want a sweet one, you can eat oatmeal, which is gross. And that's why we eat grits with butter on them. And sugar. No. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, no, my Nana, she, her grits were just the best. Perfect consistency every time. And just, she, she called it a truck driver breakfast. Bacon, sausage, toast, grits, eggs. Her grits were amazing. And my mom had like certain specialties, you know. She does a sausage egg sandwich thing. I don't know. It was always perfect. The eggs were always fluffy and perfect. The sausage was always perfectly cooked. And she would serve it on like hamburger buns. And it was always magnificent. 
Compared to now, what foods do you eat? Do you still try to hit your food groups, or are you experimenting more with the foods up here? I mean, we definitely, you know, moose is a huge, um, you know, addition to our diet here. Um, you know, tundra berries. Um, neither one of us are very big um, salmon eaters. Um, you know, I like dry salmon. I like jarred salmon. I like smoked salmon. I just don't really like fresh salmon. It's, I don't know. See, there's something with the onion thing and that I don't like fresh salmon. I don't like fresh onions, you know, so we've incorporated that, but otherwise still, we try to, um, still have our, our vegetables. If you could recommend another dish, what would it be? Nana's salmon patties. Does she do like the fried? Yes. Where the edges are crisp. Everything's crisp. Actually, that was what was so perfect about hers. They were thin enough for everything to be appropriately crispy, but not thin enough where it was too crispy. Like they weren't crunchy, but they were crispy. It was perfect. So my mom was never afraid to use seasonings. You know, my mom used... um, She didn't use a lot. You know, each of us, you know, we went from... uh, it seems each generation is more seasoned than the last. Um, but there was, I think, a purity. Um, I never really saw my grandmother use seasonings other than salt and pepper. Um, so uh, Nana was just, I don't know, she was a salt and pepper girl. But there was a, like, she let the food speak for itself. But her food always tasted, I don't know, great because... I don't know. She just used salt and pepper. But yeah, she instilled uh, um, both of them. Um, I think instilled a strong love of um, creating good food to feed your family. Because it's one thing about it's one thing about my mother's cooking. Um, it's always edible. Uh, it's always interesting. It's always edible. <laughs> And it's always comforting. It's comforting and edible. It's really, I don't know, it's strange. She does things like turkey alfredo. You're like, Mom, why is there shredded turkey in the alfredo sauce? She's like, that's what I had. I'm like, okay. Who puts turkey in the alfredo sauce? Nobody. My mother. That's who. (laughs) My mom. (laughs) Speaking of, how do you think your cooking or learning to cook has affected your relationship with those around you. I definitely enjoy feeding people. I enjoy when people enjoy things I've cooked. When you get the opportunity to, I think, invite people into your home and cook for them and share um, thoughts and feelings and break bread, and um, that allows you to just get to know people on a different a different way you know it adds in comfort and um, thoughts and feelings it helps you introduce uh, ways of home I think it's amazing that you're able to connect with your family and your food and I just want to know what role you think food plays in community um, I think it's a huge part of community um, and I think it's something that Bethel lacks You know, there's no restaurant in Bethel that you can go to and eat local food. 
prepared by local people to hear, um, you know, and, and be surrounded by, you know, pictures and stories of the community. I use that as an example because I think about we have a restaurant um, back home called the Florida Cracker. And you can go there and there's, you know, alligator. You, you know, you can get all of these things that you would traditionally think of as southern coastal Florida cuisine. And it's definitely where I would take somebody if I wanted to let them taste my home. Bethel doesn't really have anything like that. So I think it it adds a it's harder for people to get to know it because to experience that you have to go into somebody's home. Um, and that's a little bit of a harder nut to crack, but in a way that makes it that much more precious. But I think people have to earn it. I think sometimes people, you know, they don't want to earn it. And um, those are usually the people that don't don't live here long. So <laughs> there's a, you know, you definitely have to... Um, work to get it to uh to get Bethel and the experience and and the culture and the food and the um all of that to to get to experience that um and get it to kind of open up and embrace um you and um vice versa so you you know you can't go down to the local pub and have a moose burger at the Moose Cafe, and you know what I mean. Like, there's, you know. should we open a moose's tooth too? Right, yeah, we should. That that would definitely um, that would be good. I do think something like that would be good for um, the area. But the problem is, you can't commercially harvest moose, so you can't sell it. So it's a double-edged sword, right there. So that adds a little bit of challenge. Pay what you want. <laughs> you can come for the food, pay what you want. So if you want to tip a hundred dollars for a nice little moose burger, that's your prerogative. <laughs> well, I guess we just have to get through COVID and get back to the taste of Bethel, and then we could uh, somebody could serve moose burgers. So there would be that because I do think um, I do think the taste of Bethel, in a way, offered that. Ironically, even though everybody was there serving something from a different culture, it, it was. Um, but I do think it was an excellent little community activity. So, Literally my favorite event in Bethel. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. It's a joy. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> this has been a bite out of Bethel. Thanks for listening. Let's eat.